and welcome to this special edition of Euractiv's Agri-Food Podcast. I'm Natasha Foote. And I'm Gerardo Fortuna. And this week we spoke to a number of stakeholders about their reaction to the presentation of the highly anticipated farm-to-fork strategy. So before we get into the nitty-gritty of the podcast, I suppose the first question is, what is the farm-to-fork strategy? Well, the farm-to-fork strategy is the EU's flagship food policy and is a key component of the European Green Deal. The strategy's main goal is to make our food system healthy, fair and environmentally friendly. So after several delays due to the current coronavirus crisis and much debate over whether the strategy should be presented at all, the strategy was in fact presented last week on the 20th of May, which was actually justified by the fact that the strategy and its goals have now taken on a new importance in light of the COVID-19 outbreak, which policymakers say has actually highlighted the need for a resilient and robust food system, one which is able to withstand knocks and unexpected circumstances, such as the increasing recurrence of droughts, floods, forest fires and new pests that we're actually seeing all across Europe. The strategy is a new comprehensive approach to the EU food system that encompasses environmental, social and ethical elements of both the way that we produce and the way that we consume our food. It works to transform the EU food system, transitioning to a sustainable system which safeguards food security and ensures access to healthy diets while reducing its environmental and climate impact, strengthening its resilience protecting the citizens' health and ensuring the livelihoods of those involved in the system. The strategy sets out both regulatory and non-regulatory initiatives, with the common agricultural policy and the fishery policies used as key tools to support a just transition. It also sets a number of concrete targets, for example for the reduction of pesticides, for antibiotics and fertilisers, and also for increasing the amount of land farmed organically, all of which we'll explore in more detail throughout this podcast and hear people's thoughts on whether they thought that these targets are appropriate, too much or don't go far enough. The expectations before the launch were quite high and in the end the Commission maintained its ambition. The strategy aims not only at making the entire food chain from production to consumption more sustainable, but also at making the European food system a global standard for sustainability. So the strategy has also a quite strong external dimension as Europe is trying to lead the way on the global stage when it comes to sustainability in the agri-food sector. But there are economic repercussions too. The farm to fork strategy has been put at the heart of the European Green Deal, as the official communication says, but it has been linked to investment opportunities and to the recovery of Europe's economy from the COVID-19 crisis. And this is how Commission Vice President Franz Timmermans highlighted this link with the economic growth. Uh, because we believe that in this period of the world struggling with a pandemic, we should also be thinking about how to increase our resilience, how to be able to translate the wish for people to look after their health into concrete projects and concrete plans. So in that context, the biodiversity and farm to fork strategies are a central element of the EU recovery plan. Indeed, the European Commission has proposed boosting the European Agricultural Fund for Rural Development, which is the so-called second pillar of the Common Agricultural Policy, with an extra 15 billion in the next generation EU recovery plan. 
the unprecedented stimulus of 750 billion, mostly through non-refundable grants, which was presented on the 27th of May. According to the Commission, the increase of the rural development heading will support farmers and rural areas in making the structural changes necessary to implement the European Green Deal and, in particular, support the ambitious targets set by the new biodiversity and farm-to-fork strategies. And it is in these targets that the crux of the matter lies. So we now hear from the voice of Health Commissioner Stella Kiriakides what the main targets are. Today, we will present no less than 27 concrete actions to transform our food system. We will take action to protect our environment by curbing the use and risk of pesticides by 50% and also re reduce the use of fertilizers by at least 20%. We'll revise EU legislation on the sustainable use of pesticides and promote alternative ways of protecting harvests from pests and diseases. We will also take action to increase the size of EU's agricultural land dedicated to organic farming to at least 25%. And we will reduce the use of antibiotics in farming and aquaculture by 50%. These ambitious targets should be reached by 2030. As we said before, the first critical remark was whether to present or not the farm to fork strategy, mainly because uh, more time is needed to better assess the consequences of the crisis and shape the political agenda accordingly, since the farm to fork strategy is a long-term strategy, and of course, long-term strategies are expected to consider long-term effects and COVID-19-related ones are, however, still unclear, as the crisis is not over. But the new farm to fork strategy contains some provisions for ensuring food supply and food security during crises of any nature, drawing on the lessons learned from the pandemic. We asked the opinion of the chair of the European Parliament's Agriculture Committee, Norbert Linz. The Agriculture Committee, and I in particular, regret that the Commission has adopted the farm-to-fork strategy in this particular period, where all our focus should be on ensuring that our agri-food system continues to deliver food security before launching a major new policy initiative with far-reaching impl implications for EU farming. I will make sure that the voice of the farm in the farm-to-fork is adequately heard and I also believe that is, it is essential for Parliament to be in a position to properly scrutinize and comment on the farm-to-fork strategy. Here I hope and count on my counterpart in Envy, Pascal Caffin, that we can agree on a joint report on the strategy, on targets. I think it's better to focus on incentives than on obligations. My ideal compromise would be target corridors, which are still ambitious. Also, before we put any targets into legislations, I demand clear impact assessments by the Commission also on food security. To conclude, the strategy will only be a success if all actors are equally involved, from the farm to the fork. And speaking of actors involved, it is impossible not to mention farmers. Copacogeca, the EU Farmers and Agricultural Cooperatives Association, has been partially critical with the targets, 
and its Secretary General, Pekka Fesonen, explained to Euroactive why. European farmers and the agricultural cooperatives are very much interested in the recent farm-to-fork and uh, biodiversity strategy of the European Commission. And the reason for this is that all the issues handled, discussed, are of major importance for farmers and the cooperatives, and they are the key stakeholder that is supposed to make this happen. However, just setting the targets is not enough, and the Commission failed to deliver a set of tools how we could reach for those targets. And in particular, this is important at the EU level. We need impact assessment all across to make sure that we have analyzed the impact of these proposals to our food security, our competitiveness, and in particular, farming income. We need more action from European Union when it comes to fairer food chain, innovative, te innovative technologies authorized, market authorization of safe substances, digital tools, infrastructure also to go with that, and in general, closer consumer relations. This is what we expect from the Commission to make it work. On the other side, NGOs reacted positively to this attempt at the Commission of outlining targets by 2030. We spoke about it with Javier Ruiz, who's Senior Policy Officer for Agriculture and Food at the WWF European Office. The targets that the European Commission included last week in the Biodiversity and Farm to Fork Strategies have attracted a lot of attention. And I would say that maybe while some have criticized that the exact figures are not sufficiently accurate in terms of what is really achievable, I think that some of them are misinterpreting the role that setting targets play in such strategies. I think we need to underline that these strategies are wanting to give a political orientation, a political orientation that we should set out the features of our biodiversity food and farming policies for the next decade. And in such documents, targets work a little bit, let's say, as a, as a lighthouse or maybe better, we could say, as a road sign, giving what is a clear direction of travel or where we want to go together. And in this regard, I think that undoubtedly we can say that the strategies have been very clear on certain aspects of agricultural production, such as the big boost we need to, to give to organic farming, or that we need to really reduce our huge dependence on, on agrochemical beads pesticides, antibiotics, or, or fertilizers. But you will also agree with me, for example, that the strategies are lacking uh, ambition or maybe they are lacking clarity in terms of the need, for example, to, to reduce the very well-documented overconsumption of animal products. And that's partly because there wasn't such a target set for, for such an objective. However, overall, I think we need to take the publication of these strategies as the beginning of a journey. When the actions of these strategies are implemented, I think it will be the time to discuss the details and to think about the solutions we need to find to make the journey possible. And those solutions definitely include providing the right incentives and appropriately reward farmers that are contributing to the transition. And even if we don't make it to the final destination, even if we don't achieve a 25% of organic or a 50% reduction of pesticides by 2030, we will certainly make more progress in the right direction with those targets than in the absence of them. The Farm to Fork strategy unveiled some highly anticipated targets, including for the reduction of pesticide use and risk. The strategy outlined that the Commission will take action to reduce the overall use and risk of all chemical pesticides and of high-risk pesticides by 50% by 2030. To obtain these reductions, the strategy pledges to revise the Sustainable Use of Pesticides Directive, 
enhance provisions on integrated pest management and promote greater use of safe alternative ways to protect harvests from pests and diseases. Introducing the strategy, EU Health and Food Safety Commissioner Stella Kiriakides said that these are ambitious targets to significantly reduce pesticides by 2030 and are intended to reduce the use and risk for people, including our farmers, and for the environment. We spoke to Geraldine Kutas, Director General at the European Crop Protection Association, who represent the pesticide and biopesticide sector, to hear her thoughts on the strategy. The Farm to Fork communication and the 2030 biodiversity strategy impact us directly with reduction targets for risk and usage of pesticides. What we can subscribe to the direction of travel set out by the European Commission, and we are ready to play our part in providing solutions for producing enough food sustainably, we are deeply concerned by the setting of isolated targets before any impact assessment is carried out. Let's be clear, we are not against reduction targets. We are open to discuss science-based and realistic targets. One thing that doesn't change is the presence of pests, weeds and disease, regardless of the farming method or, dare I say it, political pressure. They won't just go away. We have also advanced in developing biopesticide solutions. With nature as a starting point, we have a great opportunity to innovate with products of favorable toxicological safety profiles and rapid degradation. Whilst this product can reduce the need for chemical pesticide, they are not likely to completely replace conventional chemistry. This is not to say that our job is finished. We will continue to progress and offer even more innovative biological and chemical crop protection tools. We are already seeing how new technologies, like digital farming for instance, are lessening agricultural ecological footprint. Of course, we must be cautious of not promising oversimplified solutions to problems that are inevitably complex. Innovation, however, takes time. It's a long journey, one that goes beyond a target of 2030. Martin Dermine, Health and Environment Policy Officer at the Pesticide Action Network Europe, a network of over 600 NGOs who campaign against pesticides and work to find alternatives to hazardous pesticides, had this to say. The publication of the Farm to Fork and the Biodiversity Strategy are um, a strong signal towards both farming community and agro-industry, as well as towards the civil society. Indeed, the objective of reducing 50% the use and risk of pesticides is a major acknowledgement by the European Commission. This is a small revolution, a major acknowledgement that pesticides are toxic, that they are not safe and that their use is uh, not sustainable. So we cannot continue farming with pesticides as we do and as the Commission acknowledges it. Uh, the, so the way forward is to implement agroecological practices as well as uh, develop organic farming. We consider that the objective of reducing only 50% of hazardous pesticides is way too low. As their name indicates, the most hazardous pesticides are suspected of being endocrine disruptors or carcinogenic. And according to us, they should be suppressed immediately, not uh, half of them in 10 years' time. There is no reason for maintaining them on the market as alternatives exist. Furthermore, reducing 50% of the use and risk of synthetic pesticides in EU agriculture is a good signal. But on the other hand, from an agronomical point of view, it is not really a revolution. 
as we at Pan-Europe for many years now are following farmers who are front-runners who decided to work without synthetic pesticides and sometimes to phase, phase them out progressively. And what we observe is that when they start implementing integrated pest management or organic farming practices, they reach to levels much higher than 50% in a few years' time, sometimes 70-80% reduction in synthetic pesticides in a few years, which means that this objective of 50% is not so ambitious. And we really invite the Commission to put in place financial incentives throughout the CAP, Common Agricultural Policy or other policies, to support frontrunners so that the farming community as a whole realizes that there are cost-effective alternatives to uh, the use of synthetic pesticides and that other ways of farming exist. The strategy also makes reference to the importance of offering alternatives to pesticides, highlighting in particular the potential for biological pesticides, saying that it would work to facilitate regulatory processes of these substances. We spoke to Jennifer Lewis, the Executive Director for the International Biocontrol Industry Association, to hear what she had to say about this. Biocontrol is also known as bioprotection or biopesticides. It includes things like microbial pesticides, insects that control other insects, sort of beneficial insects like ladybirds, might be natural substances, or indeed it can be pheromones. IBMA thanks the Commission for their farm to fork strategy and the focus on alternatives to chemical pesticides. Uh, the value of biocontrol um, is really in enhancing uh, ecosystems, protecting nature, um, and in that way by focusing on the alternatives. We have a lot of coherence here um, between the farm to fork strategy and the biodiversity strategy, which I think is very exciting for a resilient agriculture. But key to us increasing adoption, I think, of these alternatives are, are three things that I would urge um, the Commission to consider as we go forward. The first is really um, enabling regulation. Um, today we have a regulation that is focused around chemicals, designed around chemicals, and uh, not really fit for purpose for biologicals. A brief survey of our members, we found over 60 Biological active ingredients are currently in the system and if we could just accelerate those we would have many more products already on the market for farmers to use because farmers already working in biocontrol often say that there are not enough products. The second area really that we need to look at very very carefully is ensuring that farmers understand how to use these products. So implementing farmer to farmer networks where farmers can actually test out products alongside manufacturers, researchers, advisors, in order to actually implement field by field, farm by farm, rural community by rural community. And then to actually make any change in your business, you need an incentive, a financial incentive. And we would like to see the cap actually fitting with the farm to fork and there being an element of cap that is uh, linked to giving farmers the opportunity to try out and to move to a uh, more integrated and um, biological first approach. Overall, IBMA would like to really see a positive target within Farm to Fork for 75% biocontrol by 2030. It's a stretch target, achievable, then with the three elements stated above. So if we can enable regulation for biologicals, if we can actually create farmer to farmer networks where they are 
everyone is able to discuss what they're doing to implement it effectively field by field, farm by farm, community by community, and providing financial incentives to make a change actually in the cap monies. The strategy has set out a target of 25% of agricultural land in the EU to be farmed organically by 2030, and this represents a threefold increase. The strategy emphasises the potential of organic farming for safeguarding the EU's environment and for creating a sustainable agricultural system, saying that the market for organic food is set to continue growing and that organic farming needs to be further promoted. It also highlights that it has a positive impact on biodiversity, creates jobs and attracts young farmers. To support the uptake of sustainable practices, the strategy offered new eco-schemes as a major stream of funding to support practices such as precision agriculture, agroecology, agroforestry and carbon farming. We heard from EU Organics Association, iFOAM, to hear what they had to say about this. My name is Eric Gall. I am policy manager at IFOAM EU and I represent the organic food and farming sector. IFOAM EU and the organic food and farming movement welcome the farm to fork and the biodiversity strategies and especially uh, the target to reach 25% of organic land in the European Union by 2030. Uh, this target provides European citizens with a, a clear and engaging vision of the future of our food system based on agroecology. And uh, we need targets because targets provide a common European ambition and a common European direction and a level playing field among member states. And this is an important aspect because the next common agricultural policy will give more flexibility uh, to member states to, to set themselves objectives and, and, and budgets to meet the CAP objective. So 25% of organic land is an ambitious target, but it can be reached if uh, the CAP is put to contribution at the national level and gives the necessary support to the conversion of farmers to organic and to the maintenance of uh, farmers under uh, organic farming. So the way we should work is that member states would be free to set themselves the adequate target at the national level in discussion with uh, their farming community. So we do welcome this target to reach 25% of organic land uh, in Europe by 2030. And uh, we believe that this is achievable, provided the cap is put to contribution at the national level and uh, we think it is important to give ambition and, and direction and that is will uh, encourage member states at the national level to set themselves ambitious targets and to provide the necessary support for organic conversion and maintenance at the national level. Nick Jacobs from the International Panel of Experts on Sustainable Food Systems, also known as IPS Food, told Euractiv that he would have liked to see the strategy go further in promoting agroecological practices. Uh, this is the first real roadmap for transition that we're seeing from the EU institutions. So it's therefore um, a very significant document. Um, I think what's notably missing from the farm to fork strategy uh, is the sense that we need a fundamental shift in our production model. Uh, and that's missing in terms of the messaging and also uh, in terms of the specific tools uh, being put forward. The shift that we think is needed um, is towards diversified agroecological systems. So that's um, mixed crop livestock systems, agroforestry, 
crop rotations and other models that, that kind of build resilience through diversity and through synergies between the different things being grown, not through reliance on synthetic chemical inputs. As I said, we're not seeing that shift being signposted clearly enough. The strategy is positive in that it includes targets for reducing pesticides and fertilizers, and also targets for increasing the share of land under sustainable management, uh, for example, organic. It's also good to see agroecology mentioned um, as a research priority. But we're really missing the tools to support the shift to agroecology. It's still being positioned as one technology, as one option among many others, when really this is the paradigm. This is the approach that, that all farmers really need to be taking in the medium to longer term. And, and it is worrying to see the reliance on the eco schemes within the common agricultural policy as the main vehicle for delivering a shift to sustainable production. We don't think uh, that's a good idea. There's, that will clearly be reliant on what member states want to do. And we would need to see a clearer imperative at the EU level. Uh, for that shift. So I think the, the strategy really lives, leaves one big question unaddressed, and that's whether the farm to fork strategy itself will define the cap or whether the cap will actually define the shape and ultimately the success of the farm to fork strategy. Another interesting aspect is the integration of the farm to fork's main objectives in the EU farming subsidies program, the Common Agricultural Policy. This is one of the keys for a successful implementation of the Green Deal in the farming sector. In a recent press briefing, Agriculture Commissioner Janusz Wojciechowski said that the 2018 CAP proposal is already aligned with the Green Deal. In particular, targets will drive measures proposed by member states in the CAP strategic plan to ensure that these plans contain measures to encourage farmers to reduce the use of plant protection products and optimize the use of nutrients. But we asked an expert from the Commission, Pierre Bascou, who's the director in charge of sustainability and income support in the DG Agri, to further elaborate on that. So common agricultural policy, the CAP, will continue to be the main tool to support farmers in the transition to sustainable production and to achieve the Green Deal objectives. The capacity of the future CAP to adequately reflect and support the Green Deal ambitions critically depends on three elements. The first one relates to the need to maintain some key aspects of the reform proposals. And here I would like to refer to the reinforced conditionality, to the mandatory eco-schemes, to the ring fence spending on the environment and climate, and to the provisions to improve the position of farmers in the food chain. The second element relates to the need to introduce some improvements in the Commission proposals, and this could be achieved in the ongoing work of the co-legislators. And I would like here to refer in particular to the introduction of a minimum ring fencing for eco-scheme in the first pillar, as well as to the provision of additional indications concerning agricultural practices that could be supported under the eco-schemes. The third element that needs to be introduced relates to some practical actions that need to be taken in order to assist an effective implementation of the Green Deal. And there, I would like in particular to refer to the establishment of a structured dialogue with Member States 
and the provision of recommendations to member states before the draft strategic plan are submitted formally by the member states. The structured dialogue is a new process to support member states in the drafting of a strategic plan. The strategic plan will continue to be based on a SWOT analysis, on a need assessment and on an intervention strategy. What we want to achieve with this structured dialogue is first to reinforce the coordination and the partnership with member states and second to steer them towards a certain strategic orientation to allow a good integration of the new ambition coming from the Green Deal in the strategic plan. The Commission will make recommendations based on its analysis of the situation of each member state in respect of agriculture, rural development and in respect of the nine specific objectives of the CAP, taking account of the Green Deal and the Member States will be asked to set explicit national values for the five key Green Deal EU targets to show how they intend to contribute to the new EU ambition. And by these five key new EU targets, I would like to refer to the target on pesticides, on antimicrobials, on fertilizers, on organic farming and on high diversity landscape features. Experienced socialist MEP Paolo De Castro, who was the rapporteur for the Parliament in the 2013 CAP reform, is a bit more cautious on this aspect, calling for overcoming the logical separation between the reform of the CAP and the new Green Deal. The Farm to Fork and Biodiversity Strategy, presented last week by the Commission, represents a very ambitious starting point for the discussion that will kick off in the coming months on the future of how agri-food supply chain. This is the beginning of a route that must lead to the creation of a pact of trust between European producer and consumer, based on the quality, transparency and safety of production process and of the product that arrive on our table every day. As Agri-Committee, we will work to make sure that all the intervention in these several legislative areas identified by this strategy are based on rigorous impact assessment involving all the actors along the food chain and not diminish the role of co-legislators of the European Parliament and the Council. We need to overcome the illogical separation between the reform of agricultural policy and this big package of new Green Deal or European Green Deal. So we will work as an intensive job of all of our maps, introducing very and very uh, deep analysis of this proposal. So we will respect all the risk. At the same time, we want to involve all farmers. This reform should be with farmers, not against farmers. So one of the most controversial elements of the draft version of the strategy was its position on meat, in which it specified that the Commission would propose to stop stimulating production or consumption of meat. However, this did not make the final cut of the strategy. Instead, the final version of the strategy softened its stance on meat, but offered staunch support for alternative proteins. 
Moreover, a reference to encouraging people to consume less meat, seen in the first draft of the strategy, was refined to less red and processed meat. However, the strategy still laid out a commitment to reduce the environmental and climate impact of animal production. And it said that there will be a review of the EU promotion programme for agricultural products with a view to enhancing its contribution to sustainable production and consumption in line with the political priorities of the Commission. Support for a move to more plant-based diet did remain a key element of the farmed fork as part of its efforts to reduce not only the risks of life-threatening diseases, but also the environmental impact of the food system. There was also this strong emphasis on alternative food and feedstuffs, saying that research will focus on increasing the availability and source of alternative proteins such as plant, microbial, marine and insect-based proteins and meat substitutes. Jean-Louis Perrault is the president of the Animal Task Force, a public-private platform of research organisations and farmer and industry organisations which work to foster a sustainable and competitive European livestock production sector. This is what he had to say on the strategy. First, we shall admit that actual food production is responsible for 20 to 35% on greenhouse gas emissions. Our food system consumes large amount of natural resources and contributes to a loss of biodiversity. Livestock farming is a major contributor to, to these drawbacks. But much can be done to reduce the negative impacts. The farm-to-fork strategy opens the way towards a, a renews of agriculture that stay within planetary boundaries and give very ambitious objectives without opposing plant and animal sectors. The goal is to develop low-carbon, resource-efficient agri-food system that provide a wide range of environmental goods and services, such as healthy soils, biodiversity, and attractive landscape. Indeed, the challenge goes far beyond the livestock sector, which is too often considered independently of other agricultural sectors. We should move away from this simplistic plant versus animal or extensive versus intensive position to promote systems well adapt to the diversity of European context and seeking to maximize synergy between the sectors. Matching economical and societal expectations regarding sustainability of our food system will require a conversion of the agricultural sectors that targets nearly every aspect and requires the deployment of technology, new business model, and the support of policy and legislation. Indeed, this is the objective of the farm-to-fork strategy. As part of the food system, livestock farming should reduce its own impact, it's sure, but it is also part of the solution. There are a range of ways in which livestock can contribute to increasing the circularity of the food system. In conclusion, I think that Climate smart, health and welfare perspective, and reconnection between livestock and crop sector must be placed at the heart of innovation for the livestock farming system tomorrow. We explain this in the Animal Task Force vision paper and in a common vision paper we produce with Plant for the Future, and these two papers are available on our website. Your active spoke with Olga Kekou, head of Compassion and World Farming Europe, which is a non-profit organisation who have the mission to end factory farming and campaign on animal welfare issues in Europe. While we welcome the publication of the strategy as the EU Commission 
commits to improving animal welfare legislation and making agriculture more sustainable. We also regret the timid approach adopted on some issues, which we fear will not lead to the much needed systemic change. In particular, the Farm to Fork strategy lays out plans to revise the animal welfare legislation. And we fully support this and we await for more news about the next steps in this area. With regard to the Farm to Fork's ambition on meat reduction though, we feel that uh, much more work is urgently needed. While the strategy recognizes that our food consumption patterns are unsustainable and that the EU average consumption of whole grain cereals, fruits and vegetables, legumes and nuts is insufficient. What is proposed regarding this particular area is rather weak and lacks a level of ambition that is required to make the strategy more visionary. Uh, based on the published version of the Farm to Fork, uh, we renew our call on the EU to set ambitious targets to reduce the production and consumption of animal products, including fish, instead of subsidizing industrial animal agriculture and using EU money to promote production and consumption of animal products, we urge the EU to move ahead with a much-needed transition towards plant-based foods. We strongly believe that prices of animal products must reflect the many negative externalities from industrial animal agriculture. In all, we are hopeful for the future and we see the farm to fork strategy as a first step for a long awaited reform towards healthier and more sustainable food systems with plant rich diets to benefit people, animals and the planet. Given the strong emphasis on alternative food and feedstuffs in the strategy, we spoke with Alex Holst from the Good Food Institute, which is a non-profit that promotes plant-based alternatives to meat, dairy and eggs, as well as cultivated meat. Here's what he had to say. At the Good Food Institute Europe, we are committed to building a truly sustainable, healthy, safe and just food system by advancing alternative proteins for human consumption, such as plant-based and cultivated meat. We truly believe that changing the way that food is produced is necessary to address global challenges related to climate change and biodiversity loss, human health, animal welfare and global poverty. The Commission's farm to fork strategy marks an important step in the right direction. In it, the Commission endorses the need to boost public investment in plant-based protein and other alternatives to conventional meat as part of its green transition. This is a major step forward. Alternative proteins such as plant-based and cultivated meat can play a critical role in Europe's transition to a more sustainable, healthy and just food system. They also represent a major commercial opportunity for Europe to implement a truly green recovery from the recession caused by the current pandemic. We warmly welcome the Commission's endorsement of the need for greater R&D investment into alternative proteins. But the strategy is not an end in itself. It is rather an important step on the path to finding sustainable food solutions. Over the next months and years, the EU needs to deliver. And we are looking forward to working with the Commission and the other EU institutions to ensure that public resources will actually be spent on alternative proteins and that the right types of products are prioritized, namely alternatives for conventional meat, not just new sources of feed for animal agriculture.
Formulating Horizon Europe, the EU's next multi-annual research funding program, and finalizing the current reform of the common agricultural policy will be crucial for the EU to deliver on its ambition in the farm-to-fork strategy. Much good has been done so far by many European farmers and fishermen and women, and I want to fully acknowledge that here. They have been and will continue to be the stewards of our land and seas, and through this incredibly complicated and challenging period, they have kept us fed and they have kept us supported with what we need. With this strategy, we will support them in their role to make European food and global stand, uh, the global standard for sustainability. We estimate that at global level, sustainable food systems can create new economic value of more than 1.8 trillion euros. It's important to help the food chain with this transition as quickly as possible. As the Commission Vice President Franz Timmermans has just highlighted, there's also an economic aspect to take into account. And the Farm to Fork also promotes new green business model to involve all actors of the food chain in achieving its sustainability. For instance, it supports a more circular way of intending food processing and retail, as well as socially responsible production methods. We spoke with Will Sermon, the Director of Public Affairs and Communication at Food Drink Europe, the organization representing the food and beverage manufacturing sector. Turning to the Farm to Fork strategy, I think what it got right was its ambition. There is an urgent need for a transition towards sustainable food systems. And in that, it's absolutely vital that we get to climate neutrality by 2050. We support that ambition and we want to help the Commission to, to build that gold standard around environmental, social and economic sustainability. And I think as an industry, we're uniquely placed at the centre of the food supply chain. If you um, see that we purchase around 70% of all EU agricultural raw materials before producing good food and drink products that then get sold on to retailers and ultimately the enjoyment of consumers. Sustainable production and the circular economy are of course central and need to be in the farm to fork strategy. The industry can and, and is becoming more energy efficient in its operations, it's using more renewables. We're working within our supply chains to improve the footprint of products, to, to preserve natural resources and helping to halve food waste by 2030. If we look at the circular economy around packaging, then that's another area that is a big focus for the industry to limit packaging, encourage reuse and innovate to find sustainable alternatives to, uh, to certain packaging as well. I think what the strategy lacks a little is a plan to assess the impact of proposals and targets. So I think really to ensure food security, safety and sustainability are not compromised, we need to see a really structured dialogue with stakeholders and impact assessments on all proposals and targets to make sure that they actually achieve what they set out to achieve. And that includes potential um, support for the economic recovery from COVID-19. We don't want to see the farm to fork strategy to actually impact negatively on businesses that are already struggling with um, COVID-19 and the pandemic that has ensued over the last few months and will continue to impact over the coming months too. And Giulia Tarsitano, food policy manager at Eurocop, tell us a bit more on the impressions of consumer cooperatives, in particular if they think that the farm to fork managed to promote sustainable business model in the whole supply chain. 
So from the perspective of consumer cooperatives, uh, the Farm to Fork strategy presents two very important commitments. One is that it envisaged action to scale up and promote circular business models, which are sustainable and socially responsible. Uh, in particular, we appreciate that there is a specific focus on tailored solutions for small and medium enterprises. Another positive initiative is the idea of having an EU code and monitoring framework for responsible business and marketing conduct. However, we also consider um, a missed opportunity not having provided any further example of green business models other than carbon capture. Um, in particular, the strategy really fails to highlight the importance of uh, business models that uh, promote uh, short supply chains and uh, local food products. Another point that is missing concerns the redistribution of value and fair price, price policies. Um, in this context, um, again, short supply chains are of crucial importance. Um, for example, thanks to their own branded products, uh, consumer cooperatives can, can really prioritize direct relations uh, with the primary producers, which makes the whole issue of redistribution much more transparent. So I guess in conclusion, we are fully supportive of stimulating this debate on responsible business and marketing conduct. However, to really ensure a level playing field, this measure has to be accompanied by sanction to discourage non-compliance. And we would also like to call on the Commission to undertake an assessment study of existing and emerging alternative business models, which are based on principles different from profit maximization, that they are people-centered, that the value values, uh, transparency, equity, social engagement and responsibility. That's all from us this week. We hope you've enjoyed this special edition of the podcast, which was brought to you by your Active's agri-food news team, Gerardo Fortuna and Natasha Foote, with technical support from Malta Kettleson and Mike Ball. I'm Natasha Foote. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Journalism that covers the EU in a clear, unbiased way is critical to the future of the European Union and should not be behind the paywall. We remain committed to providing our content, like this podcast, for free, and we believe that you value it. News revenue is impacted heavily by the current crisis. We're asking you to consider making a contribution to your active in support of our editorial work and the work we do to bring in this podcast. Please go to www.youractive.com/contribute. Even a small amount will help us keep doing the work that we do.